Our scripture reading for today is found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, at page 966. The Visit of the Magi. 966. Matthew 2, beginning to read at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star rising in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he'd called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least amongst the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the wise, the Magi, secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And after they'd heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they'd seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they said, they saw the child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Amen. May God bless to us this reading from his word. I hope you've all had a, a nice Christmas. I had a very strange experience on Boxing Night this year. I, I was looking down a road which was completely devoid of traffic, but I, I could see that the surface of the road was damp and greasy. Uh, and as I was looking, uh, an older man with a walking stick began to walk across the road. And when he was about a third of the way across, suddenly a vehicle came flying round the corner in the distance. It was a little front cab of one of these articulated uh, lorries, but there was no trailer on. The old man spotted it and tried to speed up, and the driver suddenly saw the old man and jammed on the brakes. But instead of stopping the cab began to spin, skid and spin on the road. The driver had no control. It was like watching something on television. I recoiled in horror as I saw the, the tail of the truck actually striking the old man and sending him flying. It was a very shaking experience. And the truck kept spinning out of control, and then I realized 
it was coming straight towards me. I was about to become part of the story, not a mere spectator anymore. And I just froze in fear. But just before it reached me, I wakened up with a jolt. I'd been dreaming I was having a nightmare. I'm telling you, I didn't sleep well for the rest of the night. But that experience reminded me of something that I think is very important. When we read the familiar stories of the Bible, like the story of the wise men that we've read today, we can read the story from the Bible as a nice story. We're a sort of spectator looking at something as you might watch something on television, but it's not really affecting your life. It's not stirring your heart to fear or compassion or anger or commitment or anything else. You're just an observer. But there's another way, of course, of looking at a story, of observing an event, a different way. And that's when you actually become part of a story, when you become immersed in the story. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you know which story Jewish people tell and retell their children every year? Do you know the story? The Passover, that's right. The story of the Passover. The story of the deliverance of the people of Israel from Egypt. And they tell that story today in their own homes in a very dramatic way. The people actually are so entering into the story that it's as if they were experiencing it, that they were being delivered, that they were being rescued, that they were being saved. They live the story. You see, in our society, when it comes to Christmas, the story of the birth of Christ, for most people, we're not living the story. We're spectators remembering the lovely romantic tales about the sheep and the shepherds and the, the wise men and the camels and the donkey and everything else, stories that we've heard from childhood. It's not something that's any longer challenging and changing our lives. And of course, the problem for us as Christians is that this is what these stories have become for us as well. Most of us don't enter deeply. We don't immerse ourselves in the stories of the birth of Christ that the Scriptures present. They're not impacting our lives. They're not changing us. Now, what I would like to do briefly today is to look with you at the story of the wise men, and perhaps a way that you, you've, you've never tried to, to read it before. I want us for a few minutes today to, to reflect on this story, not as somebody viewing it from the outside, from a distance, but to view it as somebody who is actually in the story. We've come here in what we call the, the twelfth day of Christmas, Epiphany. Just as the Magi did, we have come to worship the one who was born in the manger. Now, imagine yourself in the story. Imagine yourself with the wise men. Imagine yourself kneeling beside them. Imagine that you've traveled for weeks, maybe months. You've faced hazards. 
You've been puzzled and confused when there was nobody at Jerusalem where you thought you'd find the newborn king. And then imagine the joy and relief of at last bowing before Christ, bowing with the Magi. Imagine those wise men going forward, see them in your mind, going forward one by one and presenting their gifts to the child. And it's your turn to go forward. What will you offer him? What are you bringing? I was pointing out earlier to the children that Christmas isn't just about getting, it's about giving. When we come to church, it's not just about getting something from the service. It's, a, it's about giving something too. Worship is a two-way process. So as we come on this first Sunday of 2019, what are we bringing to lay at the feet of Jesus today? That's the question that comes out of this story when we seek to live it. I love the words of John Monsell's hymn that we sung earlier, Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, bow down before him as glory proclaim. Gold of obedience and incense of lowliness bring, and adore him, the Lord is his name. Perhaps the hymn that the children sang is a hymn that gives us a better indication of what we should be bringing. The wise may bring their learning, the rich may bring their wealth, some may bring their greatness, and some may bring strength and health. We too would bring our treasures to offer to the king. We bring them hearts that love him. We bring them thankful praise and souls forever striving to follow in his ways. These shall be the treasures we offer to the king. These are gifts that ever our grateful hearts may bring. As we come to worship at the beginning of a year, oh yes, we come to receive something from God, but we come also to give What are we laying at the feet of Jesus at the beginning of this year? You see, if we're a Christian, we're not just a spectator in the story of the wise men, watching what's going on, watching what others are doing. We're part of the story. We've come to worship the newborn king here at Kirkpatrick. What have we brought to lay at the feet of Jesus? What have we brought as we seek to worship as a token of our love? I want you to think about that. And you get a response, you get a chance to respond as we, we celebrate the Lord's Supper later on. And let's just share one more little thought from this story. The wise men followed the star. It led them westward and eventually to Israel. They went to the capital city, Jerusalem. Where else would you find a king? They went, of course, to the royal palace. They they were recognized as important. They were received by the king himself. They explained their mission. Herod the Great, as he was called, consulted the religious establishment. He sent sent them off to Bethlehem with a request that if they found the child, they should let him know that he could go and worship him. Now, I don't really think that Herod thought that there was anything in what they said. or he he would have sent soldiers to Bethlehem with them, not to worship, but to kill the child. I say this because Herod the Great was paranoid. He was unbelievably insecure. If he suspected anyone of seeking to rival him, 
That person was eliminated. He murdered his wife. He murdered his mother-in-law. He felt his oldest son, Antipater, was becoming too uh, popular. He killed his oldest son. He killed two other sons. He eliminated other prominent people. Herod took no chances. If, had, if he had thought that there was anything in what these crazy astrologers from the east said, they wouldn't have gone alone to Bethlehem. We know, of course, they found the Christ child. They bowed down and worshipped him. They presented their gifts to him. And then they had their dream. Now, it must have been even more dramatic than my Boxing Night dream because they immediately changed their plans, and instead of going back to Jerusalem, they went off home by another route. And you know, that was the phrase that struck me as I, I was reading this story, going home by another way. It's a little phrase at the end of today's Scripture, and it's something I thought that we need to think about as we go home from here and into another year, we're meeting at the start of a year. We've come to the Savior. We, we've, we've opened our lives to him. What happens when we leave this place today? Are there people in our past, Herods of various kinds, that we should keep away from? Are there places that we shouldn't be there anymore? Are there attitudes and things in our lives that we are better doing without? We've come here today, we've bowed down, we've submitted our lives to Christ. Don't go back to those people, those situations, those influences that are as dangerous as Herod the Great. Go home by another way. Start the year on a different course, on a better path. Let today be the beginning of a better journey. Go home by another way. Think about that, friends. Pray about that. As you leave here today to return to your everyday life, do you need to go back and walk on a different path? Go home by another way.